And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of your We Are Me podcast with Davey Risman and Mickey Brennan and uh, a couple of things to go through on this episode I suppose um, no point in shying away from it or whatever Mead versus Claire Davy um, in Ennis on Saturday evening didn't go well Claire won 11 Mead won 9 and that's Mead's uh, All-Ireland Championship hopes uh, gone for another year or even making progress through the qualifiers just gone at the first time of asking yeah absolutely Mickey I don't think we can probably say it's a massive surprise we we did say like last week that essentially it was a 50-50 game and the team that sort of recovered best from their provincial loss would um would likely advance and in a pretty poor encounter I think it's fair to say Claire were the ones that played the vast majority of the football had the better chances two points of a defeat probably flatters Mead in the end because of three outstanding stops that Harry Hogan made at different stages of the game and the fact that we went almost 20 minutes without a score as well it's uh it kind of sums it up and I suppose if you look at the year as a whole we, we played 13 games across the O'Byrne Cup the league the championship I couldn't hand on heart say that Mead played well in one of those games in terms of the whole game possibly Cork in the league was the best performance but after that there wasn't one sustained sort of 70 minutes of football that we've seen from Mead and I think that probably sums up the year as a whole really yeah yeah it's uh it's been um it's been a very indifferent year and those glimpses of uh of what this team is capable in games but never as you said over the course of a a full game we didn't see a a, a round a fully rounded performance and you know you mentioned him there already Harry Hogan um had it not been for Hogan, you know, this game could have been an awful lot worse. It could have been, uh, you know, a hammering, a tanking um, at the at the hands of Clare. And, you know, where do you go from here? Like, where do you go? It's, 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 it's very, very disappointing. Like, it's just, without it, like, again, we, do, we, we never take out individuals or management and, 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 and lambaste them or anything like that. That's not what we do. But this is this this is the poorest season that I've ever seen from a Mead team. Um, we have, over the last number of years, seen progress, I thought. I felt that we were making progress, but this year has been an absolute washout. Yeah, you, like the progress was up until, obviously, 2019, where it sort of peaked with the promotion and the Super 8s. To be honest, since then, it's regressed over the last three years, and you'd like to think that this is rock, rock bottom now. Um, and if well, it is... I just like, like, can you say it regressed when last year, you know, we were right in that game against Dublin in the Leinster, um, lost it by six in the end. But you know, I, I, and I always go back to the, the 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 controversial decisions, whatever in the first half or whatever they got a, an easy penalty, we didn't get our penalty, all that kind of jazz or whatever they got their goal from, you know. Um, so I, I I wouldn't say we regressed. I think the last two years didn't the whole covid uh pandemic uh the, the the reduced league and all that it didn't help us but i don't i don't think that we regressed well i think i think i think we probably did like we were we were well beaten in newbridge last year in a, in a promotion game against Kildare. that was the opportunity to go up there you know get ourselves back to division one we lost it we, we got a couple of wins um in the championship and then we came in against the 
uh, an underwhelming Dublin side is what we've seen last year compared to maybe this year. And we still didn't give us way too much to do. You could say, obviously, it was a much better year than this year, but I don't think you could really say that there was there was too many positives to take or there was well, too much to take we, this year, we'll say. Right, well, we were both, at the time, we were like, God, I wish the qualifiers were there. Because, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, compared um, to this year, I, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. But you but know, then there's there was no certainties either. Like I just feel that we were in a better position last year on the back of that defeat than possibly we were any other year. But um yeah, I, I, I think ultimately, Mickey, it's 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 probably the end of an era, you know, um for for probably certain players and management alike. And that's that's gonna bring a transition period for me, then it's one that the supporters ultimately are gonna have to to give the new regime time and, and patience to, to sort of work with. We have a Division 2 platform to build on, which that's the one thing I pull from this year is that we're still a Division 2 outfit. Yeah. And whoever does, you know, likely c- come in, it's a decent starting block for them to try and build. And I wouldn't say get us out of Division 2 straight away. That'd be obviously great, but it's, it's a good platform to sort of start and, and pitch yourselves against some decent sides next year in the league. Um but, but ultimately, I think it, it just needs a little bit more freshness, the panel in general. Um, and you've probably seen that in the Clare game, really, at the weekend. Yeah, bring it, bring it back to the Clare game. Um, you know, where did it all go wrong? Um, you know, from watching it myself, Davey, I thought that we were, we were very lackadaisy when it came to trying to get hands on or get tackles on. Or, or tracking man, I thought that they got their scores very, very easy. And once they got by a mead player or got away from a mead player, the mead player didn't seem to have the drive to continue the run and try and get back and, and, and tackle them. If, if that makes it, do, do, do you know what I'm saying? When mm. you look back at the game, when they got past the mead player, the mead player kind of gave up and, and, and didn't track them. There was a, They got their scores off way too easy. They did. There was a complete uh, lack or no existence of any sort of intensity. Um, yeah. Being being honest with you, um, there was it was also bizarre the fact that we literally gave them their kick out for the whole seventy minutes, and in particular in the first half when we were playing with a pretty strong breeze at our backs, we let Claire build like for passages of play. They must have held the ball for three or four minutes and just dawdling about with it in the middle third with Mead retreating up to fourteen men behind the ball with a breeze behind your back, go and push up on them. They're not, no great shakes. Like, let's be honest about it. They're, they're pretty average side. Um, and, and go and put the, put the squeeze on them. It did improve. It had to improve in the second half. And it was sort of a game of two halves. I think Claire only scored three or four points in the second half with the breeze. And me did get back into it. Actually went ahead at one stage in the second half. Um, but but I think we got what we deserved. We had no intensity. The the basic errors, the simple hand passes, simple kick passes, just was it, it was it was kind of eye opening to look at really. Um, and as you said already, but for Harry Hogan, one save in the first half, two exquisite saves in the second half, it could have been so much worse for me. And Claire hitting eight second half voids as well. Yeah, you, you, the the basic ball handling errors and uh, passing and uh, you said it, the kick pass and whatever. Like, we gave back possession so many times to Clare. Like, kick passes going over the sideline, kick passes just not going anywhere near the intended target. It was, um, it was just, it really was bizarre to watch, like. Yeah, and even taking the ball into the tackle. Like, these are pretty basic, you know, stuff that if you're under 10s or 12s did it on a Saturday, he'd be sort of Telling them not to, you know, that kind of way. And and then the funny um, thing is, is that, you know, you'd expect that if they did it once um, and they got tied up and lost the ball, that they wouldn't do it again. But they continued to do the same things over and over again, which was mind-boggling. Yeah, and, and like, especially the fact that we played Clare, I think, each of the last four or five years between league and championship, we know exactly what they're about and how they tend to play the game. It's a really well sort of well-drilled side, they're, they're 10 or 11 years under Colin Collins now at this stage. They, they, they kind of know their game inside out, but we should know. And we've beaten them each of the last four or five times we've played them as well. So I would have thought that that would at least give me 
something to to go down, really sort of lay down the gauntlet to, to Clare. But it just didn't happen. We gave them one three of a lead to start before we kicked our first score, I think, 18 minutes in through Thomas O'Reilly. And, and ultimately, we were four points down at half time. Got a great start second half but never looked like kicking on no when, even when we got in front we never looked like going and actually seizing the initiative and winning the game Mickey um, which was probably the most disappointing thing for me we allowed Claire to come back into the game and dictate again and to be fair to them they were the ones that sort of seized the initiative late in the day got the last two points and um, deserved their win ultimately yeah it's uh it's Clare who march on in the qualifiers anyway, Davey. Uh, they will face Roscommon, the draw done uh, this morning. We waited. We were hoping that Meath would be in the draw. They're not in the draw. It, it, it obviously is Clare, and Clare will march on and face Roscommon, but it's the end of the line for, for this Meath team um, this year. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of soul-searching to be done over the winter, I suppose. There is, and I'd like to think that hopefully it will be done... I won't say now, but definitely in the next couple of weeks, Mickey, because you know the way it is when, when teams sort of get knocked out and they make a move first. Um, obviously, we haven't heard what, you know, Andy and the management team are thinking, but you, you would imagine after six years that there would probably likely be a change and uh, it's up to the county board to make kind of fast moves and, and try and go after whoever their number one target is. Who will be their number one target if, if, if Andy is not to stay on? Like, who... I, I saw um, uh, Ferg Lynch's um, tweet and, and and the list of names that are coming up. But in fairness, who 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 do we think ourselves would be would be the replacement? Now, obviously, we're, we could be jumping the gun here, like whatever. Andy's not gone, but I do I, I do think that maybe, as you said, the county board will make a move on that themselves or whatever. But um, you know, I just wonder who. Is it look a fresh face of some sort might might bring something? It just seems to have gone a bit, um, uh, what's the word? Stagnant or or you know, there's there's there's, uh, there's yeah. a staleness about it at the moment, and maybe maybe any new face is just going to come in and bring a new, bring a, new, a little bit of life to it or whatever. So we don't know what way the county board are thinking about this, but you'd imagine, you'd imagine, sorry, it's going to go one of two ways. They'll either hire from within the county, as in a club who maybe knows the club scene in Mead inside out or has had success at club level, or somebody outside of Mead altogether who possibly has had success in other counties and would be a decent and big name appointment. Um for me, if I was picking a club manager who was who was managing Mead over the last number of years, the the three fellas that you would likely put at the top of the list would be uh, Mihal McDermott, Lar Wall, and possibly even Kevin Riley. You know they've had good success in recent years. Uh, Colin O'Rourke's name, as you know, Mickey, will probably always come into the to the equation as well. And I I've heard the likes of Maliki O'Rourke and I suppose Jim McGist are probably aspirational names, but. You know, at the end of the day, if you're realistic about success, go and get a big game and go and try and step back to the top table. Um, they'd be probably the ones that I'd imagine will be in and around the mix. Did you watch uh, the Ulster final um, between Derry and Donegal? I did. Yeah. Would you Would you like for Jimmy Jimmy McGinnis to take us over and uh, you know do a, a, what um, what Rory did, Rory Gallagher did with Derry. Would you like to see me playing that kind of football? Well, there was a bit more about Derry than there was about Donegal that particular day. Um, I suppose it's a catch-22. Obviously, you'd want to see me playing decent football, but at the same time, if they win games and they could test Leinster finals and, and play Division One football, I don't think many supporters would mind. Um, the best way of getting across the system is obviously getting results and you know supporters buy into that. You go and ask Derry... When was the last time they won a championship? They, like Rory Gallagher is a hero, despite maybe <laughs> it's not the most attractive of football to watch in Derry, but ultimately he's got gone there, got success. And you know, there's a question. There's a question for you. County football in general, is it entertaining? Is it like, like there, there, there's so many systems in, in inter-county football now. Every team is dropping back players. Like, you know, yeah. there's there's no doubt about it. Like Dublin. Um, are, are are probably the 
the, the, the kingpins of it because they know how to transition into an attack. They've they've worked on it the best. Like they get fifteen men behind the ball. Is it just a case that yeah, that's that's the way Inter can look? It can be absolutely dour to watch. Compared, a lot of county games can be dour to watch because of the systems and everything that are in place, and it's a running game now, and you don't get to see the flamboyant footballers, the, you know, the naturally gifted footballers anymore. You have to be able to, you know, run ten k in 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 six minutes and four seconds, and you have to be able to, you know. Um, you, you have to be able to bench 200 kg, you know, 10 times and 10 reps and stuff like this. You know, it's all about strength and, and conditioning and running ability. The football is nearly taken out of it now. You, you don't see the likes of, like even with Dublin in the last two years, when, when Dermot Connolly was on the panel, he was he was very rarely used. And he was a fantastically gifted footballer, but he didn't fit the system. Yeah, I mean, there is there is different types of football between the provinces, but ultimately, as you say, it harps back to that defensive um, standard of football. I even, I'll, I'll pick two examples. I've I seen um, the highlights from Louds against Cork, Cork. the weekend, and, and yeah. Samuel Roy is probably one of the best free-scoring footballers in the country. Um, he kicks a he kicks a twenty one yard free and he jogs back to his own you know sixty five to to get into the shape and <laughs> I, I suppose like obviously being a forward that that's not something you want to see. David Tuberty as well he's one of those old school players. He's sixteen years playing for Clare. He he's a real sort of natural. He doesn't have much pace, yeah. but he's a proper full forward. You know, and a scorer. I watched the game back on Sunday and he spent ninety percent of his time in it in the half-back line and Clare just knocking the ball from left to right. You're right, it, it has probably gone, you know, like that, so we have to accept it. One example that I pick, and I watched them yesterday, and I thought they were absolutely brilliant, was Armagh. Um, and they seem to have, okay, a very strong defensive shield, but they also have a, a brilliant sort of attacking uh, formation to their game. Okay, you could say they have the players to, to implement that, but it was brilliant to watch. And I, I suppose we always sort of berate Ulster football and sometimes rightly so, but they showed that they're probably one of the best watches, not just in Ulster, but in Ireland as a whole for me. Yeah, if you watch Dublin, like Dublin get the 15 back and whatever, they they have a system and it's unbelievable. They, but they do use the boot to get the ball up the field, but they go like 25, 30 yard passes with the football and kicking it 30 yards up through the lines. Whereas with Armagh, when Reen O'Neill drops back into that, you know, quarterback position, and he gets on the ball, he's going 50 metres with a kick pass, 60 metres yeah, with a kick yeah. pass. And they always do have that outlet up there. And it is nice to watch, all right. It really is, like, when it comes off. Um, and that's something that you'd like to see um, your own team do. Like, for instance, with um, Wolf Tones, um, Keen Ward, we we saw him evolve his game last year. And, yeah. and, and a lot of the time he was back, you know, in that half-back line, in that midfield uh, area, getting on ball and playing it up into the forward line for the lads to uh, to run on to. You need a quality kick passer to be able to do that. And I'm sure there's plenty of them in need. Anyway, we've, look, we've, diver- or we've digressed a little bit, but... Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955-1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne & Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. I suppose it's all about the whole uh, inter-county scene. It's all about what happened with Meath. It's all about the disappointing year Meath are after having. I suppose, to, to finish on the, the Meath Clare thing, Davy. You know, at the same time, it was an horrendous year for uh, the management team. Um, when you look from the start of the year right through to now, they they never really had a full hand to play with. Um, 
some of the key players missing um, throughout the league, and even again on, on Sunday afternoon, um, you know, with Roland Jones being missing, he's a, he's a massive loss to that team. He is, yeah, and, and without talking too much about the injuries, what happened in the off season probably yeah. didn't help either. And I'm, I know we've talked about it in recent weeks, but you know the players almost sensing that it's going to be the end of the management team. And that's not an intentional thing on their behalf. And no. you can't say that the players weren't playing for the management like that, but you know yourself, you played in teams where you know it's coming to an end. And subconsciously then your level of performance is dip. And I think that's probably what happened with me across the year. Um, I just hope that some of our more experienced players will give it another crack under a new regime. I, I would be extremely worried that the likes of Brian Menton in particular, you know, you may not see again. And, and what a shame that would be. But hopefully whoever comes in can get those fellas to buy in and uh, get them committed for one more crack at it. But um, it, it was a disappointing end to, to, I suppose, Andy's probably six-year tenure. Um, loads of highs and lows. I suppose 2019 would stand out, Mickey. It was a brilliant year. Um, and if anything, maybe it happened. <laughs> it might have happened a year or two too soon. You know, all the success happening within the one year. I think in 2019, I'd have been happy with the promotion and then getting to the Super 8s or quarterfinals the following year. You know, but it all happened at, at one time, which is un, not unusual. Um, but it's just a disappointment that we probably just couldn't push on from that, you know, um, sustain ourselves in Division 1 and, and kick on there. Yeah, um, it all, like, as well, you have to remember that, like, we had that massive success, but then the following year, we're going into the COVID and there's, uh, I think... All of the momentum we had was completely taken away um, by by the pandemic and the COVID and and, and the, I, I know other teams were able to deal with it and all that and, uh, and it was the same for everybody and all that kind of jazz and whatever. But you know, I, I just think that it just it just stopped us in our tracks and we've, we've probably stagnated uh, uh, over the last couple of years since then and. And maybe regressed a little bit this year. It's been a, it's been a poor year, but look, um, there's no doubt about it. These lads will come back, and we look forward to seeing what happens over the next few months and uh, and seeing the progress that this bunch of players will play. And of course, look, we've got some serious quality coming through over the next couple of years as well. Hopefully, the under twenties. Um, next year can get a real good run at it under John McCarthy. Carlo Brick coming after him. You know, even the the the, the team that won the Jerry Heaney Cup this year as well, the minor team. While we would love to have seen that at at, uh, at Leinster Championship level, and um, you know there was definitely some real quality players on that team that will be coming through. So look, the, the, the future future could be bright for me, and and we just have to we just have to take it. Um, one 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 year at a, at a time. Um, yeah, Davey, we'll move on. Um, disappointing year for me. Disappointing year so far for the uh, well championship campaign for the Camogues. Um, their second out in Davy, their second loss. Mead one twelve, Wexford three eight, thirteen scores to eleven, but goals being the difference on the day for Wexford. Yeah, absolutely. It's a complete roles reversal in fortunes from the league, Mickey, because. Mead beat uh, Wexford and Derry in the league, you'd have to say, comfortably enough. And now they've had two reversals in as many weeks against the same opposition, having won the Leinster Championship all only three or four weeks ago. So it's a real sort of um, sort of head-scratcher for me Then you would have fancied them to bounce back on home soil against Wexford. But um, after a pretty competitive first half, they were level 1-5-8. Christine Troy with a hat-trick of points from midfield. Jane Dolan also on target. Um, but the Wexford goal obviously keeping me that bay. Second half again, Wexford got two quick fire goals in the second half to put themselves in the ascent. did get a goal mouth scramble, uh, finished to put a point between the sides seven or eight minutes into the second half. But that's as good as it got for me. Um, with those three goals to their name, Wexford just did enough really to keep me at arm's length. And uh, despite a couple of frees late in the day from Jane Dolan, it wasn't enough to get me anything from us with Wexford. Astonishingly, finishing with 11 scores to Meads 13, but of course, as we, as we said already, the three goals being the difference on the day. 
Yeah, that being Wexford's first win of the campaign as well, Mead's second loss, the way it looks now in Group 2 of the uh, Glen Dimplex Intermediate uh, All-Ireland Championship is Cork are sitting pretty at the top of the table. They're followed by Derry, and then it's Kilkenny, then the aforementioned Wexford. Neither in fifth and Kildare are in sixth on both of them on zero points from their two games, but score difference um, for Kildare um, being minus 20, Meads being minus 11. Davey, next week um, on Saturday, neither away to Tabletoppers Cork, so it doesn't get any easier for them, but one thing we know is for sure is that this this um, Camogie team, this ladies Camogie team, there's, there's quality in it and Maybe they just haven't had the rub of the green in the in, in the opening two games. Yeah, absolutely. They have to find it though. You know, this is really last chance saloon going down to the Rebels uh, next weekend. And, you know, as you said, Cork's sitting pretty at the top meads, you know, joint bottom with Kildare. Um, ultimately now they need to win their last three games, starting with Cork next week. And um, yeah, it's all to do, but you know, a win could just ignite their season, hopefully. Yeah, well, hopefully they get that victory. It is going to be needed, as Davy said. Um, so if we look, we wish them all the best of luck now on Saturday. It's a long old drive down to Cork, though, but uh, hopefully they'll be coming back with three points. Davy, looking ahead, um, <laughs> looking ahead, it's fairly quiet. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be club championship, and. Club football or whatever from here on in. But the ladies, the ladies, the the, the Queens of Mead, they are out um, on Saturday at 2 p.m. against Monaghan in a little place by the name of Drumhound. Uh, Drumhound Geraldine's GA club uh, just outside Kil- uh, Castle Blaney in Monaghan. Um, 2 p.m. on Saturday. Um, that's actually going to... That is going to coincide with the uh, Camogues as well so um dual players will uh have to make their mind up there isn't any anymore Mickey. oh there isn't any yeah. anymore no no and uh, megan tyne is playing solely with the solely with the football. Year, so. okay yeah. okay um which is that's crazy that she had to make that decision but we'll come back to that another day um yeah so modern mead saturday 2 p.m drumhound geraldine's uh gea club in modern just outside castle blaney and Davey, we were talking to Damon Murray the other night and uh, he said, well, sure, the dead right. Aren't the dead right bring us to the worst pitch they can find. He says, try and make it as tight as possible. But like, he's right. Like, it's, it's up to the, to the, to the, um, to the away, to the team that are at home to pick their, their, uh, what, the pitch that's going to suit them best against Mead. And uh, that shows you the respect that they have for Mead is that they're bringing them to a, what he or what a lot of people would regard as maybe the worst field in modern. <laughs> it it's the glitz and glamour of being all Ireland champions, isn't it, Mickey? That's yeah. that sort of comes with the territory. And as you say, it's it's nearly a backhanded compliment that they're doing that to me, you know, and bringing them to such a place. But I've no doubt we won't have any problems with this. You're not going to hear excuses or anything like that. They're going to go there. They're going to apply themselves and and do what they do. Um. They'll they'll want to bounce back after the uh the sorry the Leinster final defeat to Dublin. I think they'll be a little bit disappointed with their performance that day. Um, despite the fact that they nearly got something from it. Um, but ultimately this is the big competition now. You know the league is done, Leinster's done, the All Ireland champion. You're the reigning and defending champions. This is the the one that you want to put down a marker in three team group. The two games on paper that you you'd fancy me to advance in, but as you say. The other teams are going to be relishing the challenge and welcoming the All Ireland champions to their to their backyard, and uh, it should be a great occasion. I'd expect a big crowd there and probably a decent atmosphere as well to boot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, I'd say there will be a big crowd. I think there could be a, a it'll be a good atmosphere because it's a smaller ground and whatever. Um, in Drumhown and uh, Mead have a loyal support that will be down there. You mentioned it already. We've Monaghan the first day out. That's a home game for Monaghan. And then Mead will take on Armagh the second day out. That game is going to be in Longford in the neutral ground, obviously, the second one. But Mead not getting a home game um, uh, this year in the senior championship. And, um, you know, Armagh the second day. Like, neither of these games are going to be easy, Davey. Um, you know, the, 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 there's a good standard. It's, it's funny. It's, it's the, the, the Ulster Ladies Championship nearly mirrors 
the Ulster Men's Championship. So it is because there are so many good teams up there. You've got Donegal, Armagh, uh, Cavan, um, even the Tyrone girls there. there. There's a good level up there. So, um, and with the Mackins on the Armagh team and, and the Monon team have been, you know, uh, up there for so long as well. This is not going to be any, there's not going to be any walkovers for me here. No, and that's exactly what you'd want as well. Like you, you don't really want to get it easy. Um, but I suppose the, the key protagonists probably on paper have avoided themselves in the group stages. Um, and as as we said already, Mead would expect to be coming through this. Um, but obviously a win next weekend is of paramount importance. I think two still come true from the group of three. So um, you know, it's it the, the odds are stacked in their favour, but they still have to go and perform and get the results. Yeah, and uh, Davy, speaking of the the women's team, the ladies' team, um, Vicky Wall has signed for the North um, North Melbourne club, um, which is um, is brilliant for her. Um, I don't know when she'll be off, probably after the championship or whatever. Um, but um, you know, I, I I think she's going to have no problem um, fitting in over there into the into the AFL. No, and I think she'll get a little bit more protection or, shall we say, freedom as well from maybe <laughs> referees. Uh, so I think it'll suit her down to the ground. Look, at the main thing from Mead's standpoint is she's there this year, and uh, which is great. And I think she's probably going to depart around August time or that. Um, so she may well miss some club championship with Dunboyne, which would be a huge blow to them. But great for her. I think it's the worst kept secret probably in the country that that she was going um but we we wish her well and she thoroughly deserves it for her efforts and endeavors from me over the last number of years yeah absolutely and we'll be following the North melbourne women's afl team um when when that happens when she moves across there and uh, we will wish wish her the very best of luck at that stage and um, when that happens Davey, we we mentioned them already eamon murray and um, you know um and, and speaking to him about these games and whatever, I suppose we better give Balnabracki a big uh, shout out here as well. Eamon Murray, we met him at the Balnabracki dinner dance on um, Saturday night. And what a night it was, Davy. That was a brilliant night. Absolutely fantastic. I suppose I was actually just thinking about this yesterday, Mickey, the, that, you know, they won their championship in the height of COVID in 2020. And they never really had an opportunity to celebrate it properly with, with everybody from the community in the parish. And their dinner dance on Saturday night was, was their first real chance since that to, to do it. I know it's nearly two years on now, but um, it was an absolutely fantastic night and um, great recognition for not just the, the Premier and Intermediate Championship win inside the 2020, but also their 1972 Junior Championship win inside, which were honoured on the night too. And really good occasion, Mick. Yeah, it was it was absolutely brilliant. We want to thank uh, Lisa and Rachel Kennedy and the PROs down there, and of course Aidan uh, Aidan Quinn, the chairman. And thanks for inviting us down to MC the 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 dinner dance for you. We had an absolute ball. We know from speaking to you afterwards uh, that you had a good night as well. So um, all's well that ends well. And uh, I tell you one thing, I had a sore head on Sunday morning, so I did. I'm still feeling the effects of it. Those people down there at Ballinabracky in Narnia are absolutely mad. And um, uh, yeah, but an absolutely brilliant night, as you said, honouring their premier winning team of 2020, their intermediate winning side, the history makers of 2020 as well. And of course, the 1972 team. In 2020, Davey, they won the minor championship as well. So it was a hell of a year for, for Ballinabracky in 2020. Yeah, hat trick of successes, and they've gone from strength to strength since. You know, they've they've established themselves now as a as a senior club. Obviously, last year, and they're they're talking about pushing on. Like, you know, we won't reveal too much that was said, but from talking to Juicy O'Connor, they have aspirations of kicking on and really challenging in senior this year, and, and that's great to see. And um, the ambition in the club, and it's gone from strength to strength, and they're they're getting top young players in now, and it's it's just like a, a production line, which is fantastic to see. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant, and uh, you know what a club, and they're so tight knit over there, and it's just absolutely brilliant. And I suppose when you when you are surrounded by so many counties, um, and you're in this little small pocket, I suppose you have to come out fighting, and your meanness is 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 uh, is even more. Um, you're more passionate about your football and the whole lot. But uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. So I'm sure we'll be coming back to them now in a few minutes when we go to uh, our 
Instagram Interactive. Um, moving on, just want to give the league finals that are on next weekend uh, mention Davy Kilmainham and Dunshockland. They'll be playing in the Division 2B final on Saturday at 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m., 6.30 in Park Talton. That's what I was trying to say. And then the Division 3A final is on Sunday at 4 in Park Talton. And then the Division 4 final is the curtain raiser to that game from Codrath and Kilmainham Wood Sunday at 2 p.m. in Park Talton. So, um, we, 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 we'll talk a bit more about them maybe over on our Loyal Royals podcast when we're doing our All-County Football League um, uh, review, Davey, and um, we'll give our predictions on them. But I'd say you're looking forward to those finals. And wait, yeah, just when you were saying about the county coming to an end, it's really the start of the club uh, season now in earnest. You know, you have the league finals and championship what, less than a month away now uh, from the start of that. So really, really exciting. Yeah, none, none of those teams can make them to Chalkland seconds. Castletown, Carner Ross from Condred or Kilmainham Wood. None of them will have any county players back for the league final, which is uh, an interesting one because the other four finals, I'm sure, will probably have county players involved. Yeah, and that's it. Like, I suppose there's a couple of rounds left in the other divisions and all county players now, you'd imagine, are going to be back available to their clubs, which are, for some, it's going to be a huge boost in terms of propelling themselves to a league final and for others you know getting out of trouble at the bottom of the division I'm just they're still in the mix down there they're going to get James McIntyre and Jack O'Connor back you know that could give them a huge chance of survival and there's obviously a few others that we'll talk about in the coming weeks as well yeah yeah it's uh, it's going to make for an interesting end to the league that's for sure have you barely the patience to listen to a 30 second ad well then at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, Contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. Davey, we're going to move on now and we are going to do our lottos. So I'm sure you've got a few from the clubs there. Yeah, I do indeed, Mickey. And the first one uh, to report is a winner from Dunshocklin and Royal Gales. And uh, a massive congratulations to Gillian Carey, um, who scooped the €13,000 jackpot. At the second time of asking, Mickey, initially we thought she'd just match three, but um, fair play to Andy Smith. He corrected himself the next day. And she actually matched four numbers and not three. Um, so from going from winning, what was it? Uh, 25 euro because of the eight match trees, she added another 13,975 euro to... That wasn't a, that's not the second time that happened. We talked about that last week on the podcast. Oh, did we talk about it last week? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, absolutely. I thought that was the first one on my... On my I was uh, like, oh, they, they didn't do that again, did they? <laughs> Apologies for that. <laughs> um, the question's the next... asked if that was happening in the jockey on a weekly basis. <laughs> well, their jackpot still is 13,000. So, yeah, you know, the it reserve. Again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, the first one up from uh, from this week is Castletown. And um, their 2,900 euro jackpot from the 31st of May wasn't one. Uh, two, eight, 14, and 27, the numbers. Um, they move on to 2,900 this week, I beg your pardon. The Lucky Dip winners collecting 30 euro each were Anne Young, Colm Smith, Mick Ward, Jack Carey and Patricia McGuinness. Um, and uh, they go again, obviously, next week. Screen, next in. And they had no winner of their 1,800 euro jackpot. Um, they had uh, four quick pick winners who collect 40 euro each. Uh, Kieran Mulvaney, Phelan O'Rourke, the Rafter family, and Michael Gaynor. They move on to 1,900 next week. Uh, Navinomatney's uh, also climbing consistently. Uh, 119, 21, and 23 were the numbers last week. The match three winners were Yvonne McGuinness, Amy Murtha, Dior, 
Sarah Dungan, Bobby, Josh, and Cody, Marie Curley, and Barry Dunphy. You can Google Clubspot Navin and Matinees or download the wrap 14,450 on the 7th of June. That's a lovely one. Uh, quarter GFC next in, and uh, the results from last Friday night 9,400 jackpot, not won 15, 20, 22, and 30. The numbers there 520 euro winners are Paddy Tully, Stephen Woods, Triona Keaton, Kathy Fagan, and Frank McHugh. We move on to 9,500 next Friday night. We also have a Lencer jersey up for grabs. You can play it at quarterga.com forward slash lotto. And next one comes in from Minolti. Um, they're starting afresh again. Uh, their 2,200 euro jackpot from the 5th of June wasn't won. They had four match three winners who collect 50 euro each. Arlene Shepard, Andrew Lynch, Jacinta Dunn, uh, Janik, care of Willie Govern, and the special online prize of 50 euro went to Caroline Gray. They go again on Sunday the 12th of June and they have a 2,400 euro jackpot there. Um, next in is Gail Column Kill, Mickey. Um, 5, 20, 22 and 28 the numbers 12,000 jackpot which it was capped at wasn't won they go again next Thursday with 12,000 of a jackpot but interestingly enough listen here Mickey Gail Column Kill right if the jackpot is not won this week if that 12,000 jackpot is not won uh, next week the following week the 12,000 euro jackpot will be divided equally among the match three winners on that date Ooh. so basically if the twelve thousand isn't won this week it rolls on again for twelve thousand. but anybody who's playing it and matches three numbers is going to get a share of that twelve thousand. so in other words nice. twelve thousand jackpot is going to go in the next two weeks absolutely brilliant uh there so we'll have to get a few um uh, envelopes from from gail column kill there uh, uh davy um davy i am just trying to find the Centralstown Lotto, I think the Centralstown Lotto was won last week because it's back down to a thousand euro this week and I have not seen an email to say that it was won. I'm just trying to go through. Um, here's the results. I think I have the results here now. So from Monday the 6th of June, no, that's that's uh, this week it's a thousand euro. So it was won. I'm just trying to find the details. Don't think I'm going to get it, Davy. But um, you can do the Centralstown Lotto has been going for quite some time now. It has to be said, it's been going for a long time. Yeah, this week's lotto numbers were um, one fourteen twenty two and twenty eight. That was last week, the thirtieth, and uh, the winner um, of the ten thousand euro was Fergus Moore. So well done to Fergus Moore, and uh, matching four numbers there in the Centralstown Lotto, getting a lovely. 10,000 euro into the back pocket for the summer holidays and uh, Central Sense Lotto now is at 1,000 euro and you can do it on the Smart Lotto um, app um, or go to their social media pages and you'll find the link there. Davey, did um, did Jelly happen to message you with the Lotto? He's had a week off by the looks of it. No, 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 he messaged me. It's just my phone is way over there. So I'm going to hang on a second. I want to have to go and get my phone so I have for this one. Hang on. You you talk away, Davy. Yeah, I suppose it's a good opportunity, Mickey, to give uh, the Camortas Pelna here in the mention. Um, of course, Wolf Tones and Clannagale were represented the meat clubs uh, over the weekend, and both of them um, had pretty near misses. Clannagale, I think, got to uh, the semi-finals um, and were narrowly beaten on the Sunday in the intermediate grade by a team from Mayo. And the Wolf Tones um, had a decent run of it, but were beaten by last year's. Uh, or sorry, I don't know, was it last year? It was possibly the year before, but it was the Kerry champions um, in a really formidable sort of uh, clash against Ongale uh, Tot from Kerry. You'll, you'll be familiar with them. There were 10 points down at one stage, Mickey, the Wolf Tones, but incredibly came back and were only beaten by a point in the end, uh, 113 to 29. Um, a really good performance from the Wolf Tones and I know they had a good night out there on Sunday night and they'll be coming probably back up the road today so well done to the Wolf Tones and Clannagale for two good showings over the weekend yeah absolutely and I have the Simonson lot of results from last week and um, there was no jackpot winner the numbers drawn were 7, 9, 15 and 25 the match three winners were Nicola um, Harlow and AG, AJ McCauley and Joseph Guilty um, and next week's draw is 2000 euro it's on friday night he also decided to ask me davy how's the hangover and did you have any malibu and milk last night in balanabraki and i said 
Yes, I did. <laughs> um, he said, how nice is it? I'm sure Mr. Rispin was happy to see you trying it out. And uh, Mr. Rispin was delighted that we were all standing at the bar at about two o'clock in the morning, ordering Malibu and milk and getting these queer looks from the staff behind the counter. But um, everybody tried it. And I think everybody liked it, Davey. Yeah, they did. As as expected, Mickey. Not really a surprise. But we, is... we have a little bit of converting to get them from Jaeger bombs to Malibu oh, and milk to, to come with the times, but it'll come, hopefully. Yeah, and that is a seamless link to go into our Instagram interactive. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clannard County Meath. Davey, um, I'm sure you've got plenty of uh, uh, discussions uh, from uh, our Instagram account. Yeah, Robert Purfield feeling sympathetic for us. He says, take a week off, lads. Yeah, um, I think that was that was due to the to the meet. It was straight away after the meet game. He sent that one in and... Um, I suppose nobody wants to relive it or talk about it. Yeah, um, there's a couple of things from Killian Perfield. He says a uh, three-hour drive for nothing. Uh, he then went on to say players wanted the manager gone. I don't agree with that, and I've said that already. I think, I think the performance levels dipped, no doubt, and possibly they knew the end was nigh. But I don't think it's fair to say that the players wanted the manager gone at all. No, no. Um, Steve J. Nugent uh, said McEntee must go. Well, I, I've said it before, you, you know, um, we've beaten Dublin once in 20 years. <clears throat> it's not all Andy McEntee's fault, so it's not, but we do need to do something. But I don't think, you know, I, I don't think by getting rid of Andy McEntee that all of a sudden we're becoming all Ireland contenders. Sean Murphy says they need some encouragement. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they do. You know, that's one thing that the the, the meat supporters have lacked. And no, okay, there's a, not the meat supporters, but there's an awful lot of uh, negativity um, instead of um, you know people getting behind the team. It's I suppose when you're when you're winning, it's easy to get behind the team, but when you're losing, that's when you need everybody to get behind you the most. And uh, that really didn't happen this year. Adam Chute says the eight pack of cans were needed for the way home. I'd well believe it. Um, yeah. Um, just did just did just did uh, Shane Levy says Rory Chute was too tight to pay for a haircut for the Comortis Pelna Heron <laughs> well, he, he's hair. a big mod, doesn't he big curly hair doesn't he Rory Chute yeah yeah. there's well, there's some serious haircuts going on at the moment um, throughout all of the county teams with these mullets that are on the way when you said um, when you're, just when you were saying about the, the eight cans and you went just eight um, I was going to say, did somebody say just eight? No. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, go on. Um, Jack Walsh, uh, happy to nearly be uh, diverting away from GA for a minute, but it's uh, to another gloomy subject. Um, he said, Kenny's absolute shocker in Armenia. Where to now? No, hang on a second. Mead, or, sorry, Mead. Uh, Ireland dominated uh, Armenia for 20 minutes in the first half. Um, 20 minutes we dominated them for <laughs> you know that's that was the that was the most comical um uh, do you know i actually do you know what i found the most comical was stephen kenny saying that um armenia had no chances apart from the good goal they scored and the go great goal they scored that was disallowed it was a lot more than we could muster to be honest but uh it's yeah. ukraine on wednesday night in in dublin for ireland and uh I, I watched a bit of them against Wales and they're a good side so yeah it's, it's just it be easier 
Yeah, we're going to have to pull our socks up and whatever. So we are when it comes to the the soccer and the things. Jesus Christ, it's between Mead football and Irish soccer. It's uh, it's just not great at the moment. <laughs> no, Jack Nolan wants to know: Is it time for a change at the top? Well, look, it does seem to have gone a bit stagnant or whatever. I don't think, as I said, that it's it's the first thing that 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 happens when a team is going bad is that they go oh it's the management or it's the county board um so i can imagine that something like that will happen and hopefully hopefully whoever does come in if there is a new manager coming in or whatever and um, that the players you know get a bounce and the, the manager gets a bounce and, and, and that the players you know just make the effort like i did uh, that was the, the the effort the lack of effort on 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 um on, on, on the weekend against Clare, that was the most harrowing part of it for me. Watching watching lads not not, not making those runs and, and whatever, and I don't think they consciously didn't make the runs. I think it was just a kind of a it's a subconscious thing where they were like, oh uh, yeah, look, anyways, yeah, I think they've given up the goals basically. Richie Keeney uh, with a salty one here. He said Dumboyne sending out a warning with a big win over the Dubs on Tuesday. <laughs> Dumboyne beating Radtoad, uh, hammering them in the All County Football League. Um, and um, that's rich coming from Dumboyne, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, honest to God. <laughs> um, Liam Byrne, uh, we've probably already talked about this in the podcast. He says, Who will be over me next year? Or better, who even wants the job? Yeah, well, look, we, we did talk about that earlier on the podcast and whatever. Um, we have to wait and see if 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 Andy will will, will be there or not and whatever. But um, you know, I wonder is it just a little bit too early for maybe John McCarthy and and Carlo Brick to go in there? Um, we need someone who knows what's coming behind. I don't think we need. To, Personally, I don't think we need to go out of the county. I think um, and getting a big name or whatever who doesn't know anything about what's been going on or the players that are coming behind, I think would be silly because you're only getting a quick fix then. So you are somebody who comes in and goes, right, who are the best team players that I have on my panel at the minute? Right, we'll just work on them, you know, and, and, and it's not building for the future. Anyway, that's just my thought. Yeah, Leone, sorry, Leona Jane Lynch uh, said Harry Hogan. Ah, Harry Hogan, the goat, absolutely. Mm. You know, he's just class. And um, if anything, if I, if there's any positive to come from the last two years, it's Harry Hogan. Like, it's, yeah, it's the, yeah, the discovery of Harry Hogan is just he will be in goals for me if he decides to stay playing Gaelic football. He'll be in goals for me for fifteen years. His his younger brother Billy might have a thing or two to say about that, Mickey. But it'll be a good, mm. healthy competition between exactly. Them. Um, Brian Flynn says McGill Penno. Yeah, that was we were sitting um, we were sitting <laughs> at the dinner table and we couldn't see a stream, but we were getting updates. And uh, when I seen a goal to Mead and McGill with a little P beside his name, I says, "Nah, that that that's a typo. It must be thirteen, not three. Um, what a penalty, though." Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he took it like a striker so he did he he, uh, he waited for the goalkeeper to move he gave him the eyes sent him the wrong way and then just slotted it into the right hand corner and taken like a striker taken like a forward and um, I really didn't think that that was in his um, locker now to be, to yeah, be yeah I actually just heard yesterday that he is a decent penalty taker and he has been known to take a few in training and stuff like that so much so that a fella told me a couple of years ago that he had a tenor on him to score the first goal in the game because he knew he might take a penalty if he was on the pitch so um, yeah just keep that in mind for the next couple of years maybe absolutely um, the usual uh, lucky to be working series extra time sports and touch and he says lucky to be working is in the attic not sure if it was a bad point or dodgy ham where was he? Was he down in Ennis? Was he uh, or no? What I, th- I think he was in the big smoke over the weekend. Ah, he was in the big smoke. Yeah, look, that's the problem. He went up there and um, he got mixed up there with the dubs, and sure, he wouldn't be able for them, so he wouldn't. He he's been in touch to say he thinks he's pregnant, lads. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a wild enough night. So. <laughs> yeah. what, um, all I'd say is it wasn't me. He also goes on to say a free taker for me would be key. Um, did we miss many frees against Clare? No, it, it was horrendous. 
Yeah. Um, we tried. Terry Hogan not taking them. Yeah, he took a couple. Bryony McMahon took a couple. Um, Jack O'Connor took one or two. It was just one of those, unfortunately. How many did we miss? Six, six, seven or something? No, no. We we scored. Uh, did we score one or two? Maybe we missed two or three, four maybe. Okay. Yeah. That's a problem. Like I was just <laughs> laughing when you were saying about Harry Hogan with the big find, and that's one maybe problem position done. And in fairness, he's done his best to solve the other one with the freeze as well. But that is something that still needs to be looked at, in, you know, um, for next year, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, next one comes in from Dylan Buckley. He reckons that the trim senior footballers will give me the footballers a good game. Well, again, purely hypothetical. We can't, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to happen. So, we, you know, unless we were to... A, t- a testimonial, maybe, Mickey, or something for Darren Fay, or maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, look they, probably, they probably would give them a good one. Um, next one comes in from Gareth Lynch, and he said, some amount of bitters in me to only come out when we get beat. Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what I was just saying a few minutes ago. You know, everybody's there to clap them on the back when we're winning when they're down all the people just come out and start abusing them you know instead of you know getting behind them it's funny david it reminds me i don't know if you um if you i'm getting a bit philosophical here and getting a bit deep do you know that um do you ever hear the poem footprints footprints in the sand i didn't know no right so it's a it's a poem right and uh, basically there's two footprints in the sand it's about somebody's life right and during the good times there's two footprints in the sand and it's the person and it's God walking alongside them. But during the bad times, there's only one set of footprints. And so the person asks God when they go to heaven, they turn around and they say like, you know, why were you not there for me when uh, during the bad times? And turns around and he says, well, actually, I was there for you. I was carrying you. So that's that I do always think of that when I think of the supporters of me is that they're all there standing beside you. When, when when things are going well, but when there's only one foot uh, set of footprints in the sand, that's because they have deserted you. They're not carrying you, and that's where we need lead supporters to get behind the team. There you go, philosophical and deep, and <laughs> bringing a home into it now. Very deep for a Sunday morning or a Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Monday morning at the end of a bank holiday as well. Yeah, feels like a Sunday. Uh, Brendan Byrne says the awful spelling from the Balnebracky PROs. <laughs> Oh, look, Jesus Christ, Lisa and Rachel, I'll tell you one thing. Um, no more um, mores, please, no more mores. <laughs> yeah, um, they're, they're, they're just some of the inside jokes from, from the other night uh, when we were emceeing the, the dinner dance. And Brendan Byrne, um, you know, he he caught, he caught every one of the mistakes that we made as well. I'm sure he's uh, he's looking to go into that as a career himself, so he's probably learning from our mistakes. Abby Quinn says, how much do you love the Brax? Ah, how much, how much do we love the Brax? Um, i tell you one thing, I didn't love them too much yesterday morning when I got up and my head was pounding. But, they didn't um, love themselves, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but it was... Uh, the, the, what a great club! What a great bunch of people! And um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Love, love, love the blacks. Love the blacks. Andrew Andrew Monley, I don't think is too pleased that we didn't go again. Now he did send this nine hours ago, which was probably around three or four in the morning. Uh, he says, "I said it before. I'll say it again. Soft. Anyone could do day one on the beer." <laughs> yeah, but look. It, it, I just hope his knees are holding out so I do. <laughs> I'm sure he's on the physio table as we speak, Mickey. He's good. He's um, a good morning. He's bad knees. <laughs> Jamie Flaherty wants to know, how was the wedding? <laughs> That's what it probably looked like was a wedding, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that'll show you the, the, the way the, the, the Balnebracchi uh, contingent took this. It was, it was like a wedding, so it was. And everybody was dressed up and um, looking their best in their in, in their finery. Last one comes in from Owen Griffin, and he says the Comortis Pell is the best tournament of the year. Yeah, it is. Look, do you know what I love about it is that it's played over a weekend, and you know, and and and, and there's a, it's a festival. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a festival of crack, it's a festival of football, and um, you know, it it is. It, it looks like a, a fabulous, fabulous tournament. Sure does. That is it from Insta. 
Um, just on that one, I'd love, you know, when, when you see the festival of football, the Commodus Pell, um, the, the Great competition there, you know, if uh, I'd love to see an All-Ireland weekend. Like a failure well, for, for adult teams, is it? Well, not even a failure, but all of the All-Ireland finals played over the weekend in Crow Park. Like, have it as All-Ireland weekend. Um, from your hurling to your ladies' football to your camogie to um, the men's football, the whole lot, like, and, and you know, have this festival of football and hurling, a festival of GEA over one weekend. But um, I suppose the GEA probably make too much money out of, uh, out of each of the games being separate or whatever, like, so um, that's the issue with that, I'm guessing. That's it, Mickey. That's it. Um, I think that's it for uh, for... Uh, this episode, is it, David? We've nothing else. You have to get off to the um, Cortown Golf Classic. Uh, is there playing in Ratcor? Uh, Ratcor, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, will you get to meet up with uh, McLean's while you're over there? I hope I don't, Mickey, because uh, I'm half afraid of him. I've heard stories. <laughs> <laughs> I played in Ratcor a few times, a couple of different. Uh, Classics down through the years, and the man is an absolute gent. So he is, he's one of the finest men that we've ever produced here in Mead. But, anyways, um, hopefully, we'll be able to produce a few more McLeans in the coming years and get this Mead team back on track. Look, that's it from this episode of your We Are Mead podcast. Remember, We Are Mead. Why? Not